soon as you open the pages of the Gospel according to Mark, you're confronted instantly with a question and that is, who is Jesus of Nazareth? Not who is Jesus to you or to your way of thinking, but who is Jesus? Who is this so-called Son of God whose first words in the Gospel of Mark are the time has come, the Kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. And the second time Jesus opens his mouth, he says, come follow me. Powerful, authoritative statements. I mean, who has the right to tell you that you need to repent and believe in the good news of Jesus? And what kind of person believes that he can open with the word repent instead of something much more popular, much more appealing and then expect you to actually follow him? Does anyone have that kind of authority in your life except for you and your choices. Postmodern culture tells you, well, if that's true for you and you want to follow Jesus, then that's great, good on you. Postmodern culture also says if that's not true for you and you don't want to follow Jesus, then that's also great. Culture will let you have it both ways, with Jesus or without Jesus, so long as you feel happy. Heard that? Doesn't matter, so long as you feel happy. Tell that to Yusuf Nadakani. Tell that to Yusuf who is a pastor who right now, right this moment, sits in a prison cell in Iran waiting to find out if he's going to be executed for his faith in Jesus Christ. Pastor Yusuf is an evangelical pastor. That means that he is a, a Bible preaching and Bible teaching Christian who loves Jesus. Pastor Yusuf is your brother in Christ. He's part of the family, dearly loved and treasured by God. And the Iranian government is telling Pastor Yusuf to repent. They're using a Bible word, but they're asking him to do something very unbiblical. They're calling him to repent. They're calling him to turn away from Jesus and to turn to Muhammad as his only saviour then maybe they'll let him go or maybe they won't. But Yusuf won't repent. On more than one occasion, they've given him uh, lots of information that they think actually discredits Christianity. They've done everything they can and on more than one occasion, Yusuf, he won't repent. He won't recant his faith in Jesus. I mean, this guy has a wife. He has two sons who are praying and hoping for his release praying and hoping that their husband and father won't be put to death because of his faith in Christ. I mean, surely, as we think about this, surely it would be easier to just repent, even if he just lied and said he repents, so that he could be united with his wife and be united with his kids and not face possible execution. The thing is, Yusuf is clinging to something much more powerful than the threat of death, something that holds far greater authority than the government in Iran and it's not Islam and it's not Mohammed. What is it that gives Yusuf Nadakani the kind of integrity and strength to hold fast when the Iranian government appears to the world to be holding all the cards? That's Yusuf. What about the, the people of God? He pastors in the church in Iran. What about the evangelical church? 
Do they fear for their lives? What about his wife and kids? What about you as you sit in the presence of Almighty God today? Who is it that you have come to worship? Are you all in for Jesus today? Or have you bought into a culture that says the most important thing is that you're happy in life with or without Jesus? Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we pray this morning that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit as we gather to hear your word. Thank you for its weight. Thank you for its authority. Thank you for its power to keep us from spiralling when we suffer and when we hurt and when we feel broken. Lord, transform our hearts and renew our minds so that we would cling to you in every circumstance of life and trust in your power over all things. Amen. They went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. And news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. That's the thing about Jesus of Nazareth. When people have an encounter with him, they often are left amazed and with their jaws hanging wide open. That's what it's like when you encounter Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, that's what happened after Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. People were amazed at the authority of his teaching that brings spirit-filled life and vitality into human hearts. People were amazed when Jesus calmed the storm in that little boat. More mouths were open as they saw with their very own eyes the power and the authority of one who speaks and even the wind and the waves submit and obey him. But amazement isn't the only response that Jesus gets. It's not the only response to his presence and power. In James 2.19 it says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. That's what happened in the Gospel, isn't it? In the middle of a worship service like this in the synagogue, a man cried out with an unclean spirit, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Us, there's more than one. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. speaks with real attitude there. Because the presence and the power of Jesus' teaching unsettles the opposing forces of darkness and exposes them. The demon used Jesus' name and title by trying to assert power over him, authority over him. But light, light not only exposes darkness, light dispels darkness. Christ says, be silent and the demon is silent. Christ says, come out of him and the demon is forced to submit. No choice, even be it 
with shuddering and shaking this man and shrieking as it comes out and obeys the authority of God. In the book of Acts, after Jesus ascended into heaven, the seven sons of Sceva, do you remember reading about them? The seven sons of Sceva learned something about Jesus' authority when they spoke his name in the town of Ephesus. Sceva was a, a high Jewish priest and of course his sons were also Jewish. They weren't Christians but they were using the name of Jesus to try and cast out demons and they would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, not us, but in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And then in Acts chapter 19 it says, one day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Now we could question what these Jewish boys were doing playing around with the name of Jesus. But even their stupidity caused an absolutely massive response in Ephesus to the power of Jesus just simply by proclaiming his name, the name Jesus. That's the name you've been baptised into, isn't it? Or if you're thinking about baptism but haven't been baptised yet, then that is the name that you could be baptised into. That is the name that we're here to praise and worship today. That is the name that we call on and cling to as we pray to God for all of our needs and the needs of other people around the world. The name of Jesus carries with it the highest cosmic authority. It is a powerful name. And so the Bible says that in Ephesus, Jews and Greeks exalted in the name of Jesus and people came to faith after they'd heard about those sons of Sceva. These people came confessing their sins and coming clean, seeking God's forgiveness. These are people who had been involved in witchcraft and satanic arts and they all arrived. They all turned up and they bought their scrolls and all their magic incantations and everything and publicly in front of all the people they threw them into a bonfire and burnt them. Now if that isn't an all-in response for Jesus, I don't know what is. Their actions said, I surrender all to you Jesus. Jesus, I'm all in, part way or halfway isn't enough when it comes to you. There is no real joy apart from your healing presence. There's no completeness. There's no lasting strength. There's no lasting sustenance or nourishment away from your word. Their their actions said, Lord, where else can we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. You ever prayed that prayer, Lord? Where else can we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Do you think Yusuf Nardakani might be praying something similar to that in his prison cell in Iran today? Lord, where else can I go? Only you have the words of eternal life that can sustain me even under the threat of death. What do your actions and your life say about your journey with Jesus? And is Jesus calling you to respond in some way today to his authority, to his power. Jesus is interested 
in your heart. All of it. He's not just interested in the parts that you feel comfortable sharing. He's interested in all of you, the good things, the hidden things and the baggage that every single one of you and me carry around with us. People look at outward appearances. God stares into our hearts and examines our hearts. And I don't know about you, but that kind of knowledge that sees into hearts is quite unsettling. It's quite unsettling when someone can see exactly what's on my heart and knows my thoughts, knows my ways, knows everything about me. And you've heard the saying that knowledge is power. And you've probably also heard what people can have a tendency to do when they have that kind of knowledge and when they have that that kind of understanding. When you've shared something with you or they know something about you, Because people can abuse power, they can abuse trust, they can lord knowledge over you. You would know if you've ever shared something with someone that's quite personal and then they've betrayed that trust and gone and told other people your innermost, deepest secrets, it hurts. And the amazing thing about Jesus, the jaw-dropping thing about Jesus is that he uses his knowledge, he uses his power and he uses his authority to love and serve you in ways that might just amaze you again today. I have six short dot point implications and that's it. The first one is for everyone who comes to Jesus today with repentant hearts, the authority and power of Jesus declares that your sin is forgiven. Jesus' authority serves you and me with forgiveness. Number two, the authority of Jesus protects you from spiritual attack when you feel absolutely surrounded and closed in by temptation. So call on the name of Jesus. Call on that powerful name when you feel the snare of sin is drawing you in and know that you will be released. Number three, when you're ridiculed because of your faith in Jesus. You know, many Christians retreat. They retreat, they become timid, they become afraid to be be bold for the sake of the Gospel when they're ridiculed for their faith. And I want you to know today that your advocate is the Holy One of God. The Holy One of God. There is no higher cosmic authority in the universe. So you don't need to be afraid or timid about your faith in Jesus. Be bold for the sake of Jesus. Number four, you carry with you every day the Spirit-filled Word of God and that is a powerful Word that has the potential and the power to change your absolute day. Remember it every day and draw on God's power so that you can live in ways that honour God and show His glory in your marriage, in your family, in your relationships, in your studies, even in your leisure. And for new and existing staff at Peace College today and students, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ will be a powerful witness, teachers to your students and students to your teachers. That will build the whole community. Number five, Jewish boys playing with the name of Jesus caused a flood of new people coming into the kingdom of God that day in Ephesus. 
And so I want to know what could God do when people use the name of Jesus with integrity and a deep-seated love for other people? Because I believe, and I hope you do too, that Jesus has power to grow his church and to call new people into the kingdom of God today just as he did back in the time of Ephesus. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus has power to grow his church? Yes. And number six, Jesus, the one who has authority to lay down his life and Jesus who has authority to take it up again also has power and authority to save your life, to overcome death for you through his death and through his powerful resurrection. And in fact, that's what he's done through the work of the cross. You amazed yet? What does it take to amaze you? Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. And the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority. Friends, it's these promises and many others, many, many others in the words of the scriptures that have captured the hearts of Christians like Pastor Yusuf Nadakani. People who are all in when it comes to Jesus. And I am asking you today to please pray for him. Please pray for him. Please pray that the government in Iran don't take this Christian pastor's life. Pray, please, that he would be restored to his wife, that he would be restored to his two sons who want their dad back. Pray, asking that the powerful name of Jesus would sustain him and continue to lift his eyes to heaven and pray that he would be released so that he could go out boldly and I bet he preaches with boldness in Iran proclaiming Jesus and so that many would repent and turn from their ways and come into a relationship, a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Is Jesus your saviour? Is he your Lord? Is he calling you to respond to him today? I pray that your heart will be captured by the power of Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit would remind you and point you to the promises that are yours in Christ alone. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus.